Today, Stage 3 Tax Revamper, Speck in the Ocean. Hello again, it's Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics, where I'm latest post covering finance and property news. Well, there was lots of noise this week about the revamped Stage 3 tax cuts. It's worth remembering first that two in five Australians pay no tax at all because they don't earn enough. So this change is certainly not going to impact every household. Anthony Albanese has repeatedly committed previously to delivering the Stage 3 tax cuts as legislated by the coalition, but, but told the National Press Club on Thursday that when economic circumstances change, the right thing to do is to change your economic policy. And that's what you're going to do. At one level, of course, this is yet another broken promise, just like the superannuation tax cap that came in last year. But presumably the calculus is that more people will benefit than not, and it's a long time for the next election, so people will probably forget. Well, we'll see. That said, a person on the average annual wage of $73,000 will get a tax cut of more than $1,500 a year under the revamped tax policy. That's more than double the cut they'd have received under the coalition's legislated Stage 3 plan. In the government's recalibration of Stage 3, the proposed tax cut for those earning more than $200,000 will be slashed in half from around $9,000 to more than $4,500. At the other end of the income scale, all taxpayers will get a cut rather than just those earning more than $45,000 under the legislated Stage 3. Treasurer Jim Chalmers told the ABC on Wednesday that, that the many will benefit from this rather than the few. Just remember, two in five don't pay tax. The policy switch was endorsed at a brief caucus meeting on Wednesday, and our plan will more than double the benefits for Australians on the average income, Albanese said in his press club speech, and it will look after low-income earners and part-time workers as well. So someone earning at Australia's largest employer, Woolworths, earning $40,000, will now get a tax cut of over $650. Under Scott Morrison's plan, they would have got nothing, he said. Under the changes, the lowest rate of tax is reduced from 19 cents to 16 cents in the dollar. This will mean people will pay less tax on the first $45,000 they earn. This is a significant boost for the take-home pay of Australians on modest incomes and people working part-time, he said. An early educator or an aged care worker or a cleaner Earning $50,000 will receive a tax cut worth $929 a year. He said these tax cuts will help parents returning to work, especially women with young children. And businesses will also be assisted by the boost in workforce participation. Almanese said that the focus will be fairly and squarely on middle Australia. The second tax rate, reducing from 32.5% to 30%, will now apply up to $135,000. Government is retaining the 37% rate, which had been scrapped in the Morrison Stage 3 model, and that will now apply from $135,000 instead of $120,000 as at present. The top 45% rate will start from $190,000 up from the present at $180,000, but down from the $200,000 legislated for Stage 3. And Alman, as he said, under the new plan, a full-time worker earning $100,000 will get a cut of more than $2,100 
over $800 more for middle-income owners because of our changes. And for a family on the average household income of around $130,000 with one partner earning $80,000 and the other $50,000, their combined tax cut will be more than $2,600. This is $1,600 more than under stage three. And Albanese quoted Treasury as saying the government's change is broadly revenue neutral and it won't add to inflationary pressures and will support labour supply. Actually, they'll save a bit of money in cash terms, but uh, some other modelling has suggested it could be inflationary. The proposed new rates will start from July 1, when stage 3 was due to begin, and the changes will have to be legislated, but the government has enough support from the crossbench in the Senate to be confident of passage. Labour is rolling out an advertising campaign to sell the changes, and Almany said in his speech, this is the right decision for the right reasons. It is the best way forward because it is the best way to help Australians struggling with their cost of living without putting pressure on inflation. The plan will be better for middle Australians, better for cost of living pressures, better for women and workforce participation, better for nurses and teachers. And truck, as he said, and the Treasury analysis would show the plan would be better for the economy, he added. Now, Shadow Treasurer Angus Taylor said the coalition was absolutely locked down on supporting the Stage 3 tax cut, and he called the government's change the mother of all broken promises. Now, it's worth just thinking about the two common defences that have been put up for the original package before it was rejigged. The first was that the Stage 3 was merely part of a programme of tax cuts coming after the earliest two stages, which went to low and middle income earners. In fact, former Treasurer Peter Costello made that argument this week, saying that stage three was part of a package and stage one and two have already been delivered. One and two were the parts of the tax cuts directed at low and middle income earners. And this is a final part, but actually that's completely wrong. If you want to see why that's the case, it's necessary to go back six years to the 2018-19 budget when Scott Morrison as Treasurer and Malcolm Turnbull as Prime Minister first announced the three stages and the 2019-20 budget when Scott Morrison as Prime Minister and Josh Frydenberg as Treasurer refined them. Doing so reveals some crucial facts. First is that stage one, the so-called low and middle income tax offit, was to be merely temporary and would disappear once the other stages were in place. Stage two, which took place over a number of years, raised the threshold at which the 19% rate kicks in from $37,000 to $45,000 and raised the threshold at which the 37% rate kicks in from $87,000 to $120,000 and increased a separate so-called low-income tax offset from, from $455 to $700. And stage three, the one scheduled for July 1, consisted of lowering the 32.5% rate to 30%, eliminating the 37% tax bracket entirely and raising the threshold at which the 45% rate kicks in from $120,000 to $200,000. Now, stage two wasn't progressive and stage one didn't last, therefore. So how should we assess the fairness of the first two stages? Well, economists describe a tax system as progressive if the share of income tax paid rises with income. And if you look at a change in the tax system as progressive, it should deliver a proportionally greater cut to lower income recipients 
and increases the progressivity of the system. Actually, it works the other way. For a regressive tax cut, and we call a change that doesn't alter the progressivity of the tax system flat, meaning it gives the same proportion of income in relief to all taxpayers. And if you look at the original stage two and stage three together and plot the total tax cut as a share of each taxable income and then do the same for stage two and Albanese's rejigged stage three taken together, the results are revealing. If you look at for stage two only, it shows that stage two did not, as Costello and others have claimed, go mostly to lower and middle income earners. Rather, it went to everyone earning more than $37,000 a year as a roughly equal proportion of their income. In other words, it was roughly flat. It didn't alter the progressivity of the tax system much at all. And actually, the original stage three was extremely regressive, as can be seen in this graph. When combined with stage two, it gives the biggest benefits as a share of income to Australians earning $200,000, and it gave much less as a share of income to Australians earning $87,000 or less. And the main reason why it's so regressive is the elimination of the 37% tax bracket, which by itself delivers a tax cut of more than $4,000 a year to every person earning more than $180,000 per year. As it happens, the government's redesigned package, while not regressive, isn't particularly progressive. And if you look at combined with stage two, it's broadly flat which is how it ought to be if the government wanted to leave the progressivity of the tax system unchanged. And it's certainly not a Robin Hood package. It doesn't take from the rich and give to the poor, except by taking tax cuts high earners thought they were going to get. The second common defence of stage three was a vague reference to bracket creep, suggesting that if the top threshold had been indexed to inflation, since it was last lifted in 2008, it would have been more than $250,000 today. And bracket creep, which by the way isn't a particularly helpful term, applies to every taxpayer. And it happens whether or not we move into a higher bracket. That's because as incomes climb, a greater chunk of it gets taxed at the highest applicable bracket. And there are many ways of addressing bracket creep. The most obvious is to index the thresholds, including the tax-free threshold, so they climb over time in line with incomes. Yet it is technically true that had the top threshold been lifted in line with the incomes since 2008, it would now exceed $250,000 per year. Yet relative to the average wage, the top tax bracket doesn't cut in at a historically low rate. 2008 turns out to have been a high point for which the top rate cuts in, and it's since fallen, but it is still nowhere near as low as it was in the decade before the peak. That doesn't mean the top threshold isn't low by international standards, or that it wouldn't be a good idea to raise it. It's just that even 16 years of bracket creep hasn't pushed the top threshold to a historic low. It would probably take another 16 years of bracket creep to do that, and in any event, Albanese's decision to lift the top threshold from 180 to 190,000 would push that time frame out. So, the two most common economic criticisms of the stage three tax redesign are actually wrong. And I think 
as a significant point here that what we have is a minor rebalancing. But this is not major tax reform. And so it is really a drop in the ocean in the greater scheme of things, given the amount of income that people have and given the amount they're having to pay out because of high inflation. And I come back to this point once again. Of course, the truth is that two in five households pay no tax, so they're not affected at all. Now, this could be, at one level, regarded as a furphy. Or, as I said in the title, it's merely a drop in the bucket. So much noise, so much anger, for so little. I'm Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Many thanks for watching, and I'll see you again next time.